Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scariest Podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm your co host, Cody Dark, joined by my brother, out in Chicago, Tyler Dark. Tyler, the bubble has arrived. Yes, the NBA teams have arrived in Orlando. Um, there's been some pretty funny content coming out of it. Some guys complaining about the arrangements there. I think the, that the complaints are going to fall on deaf ears. No one, no one's going to feel bad for these guys. But all accounts, it's been really well organized, and they're trying to make the best of it. So I, th- I think there'll be some pretty funny stuff coming out of it the next couple of weeks. 
Mm-hmm. It reminded me of it looks like they're at like a day camp slash sleepaway camp at this point with their the tray lunches that uh, was a Troy Daniels first tweeted out. Um, people are fishing just like when we were little campers at Black Bear like day camp. It looks like Ben Simmons knows about as much as we do when it came to fishing. Um, some video games. Uh, I saw Dwight Howard walking around asking for slushies. So all in all, it sound it sounds like. What what we went to day camp for what ten years? It sounds pretty much on par. Yeah, I was, I was just watching a video of one of the ESPN reporters who's there, I guess quarantines as well, and she was saying I forget what player she mentioned brought a panini press. Um, maybe it's Kuzma, uh, but so I guess guys are just trying to feel as comfortable as they can. It's obviously not what they're used to being in probably really nice suites when they're on the road. Rondo posted the picture. Oh, is this a Motel 6? I mean, really isn't. But yeah, I think they're just going to try to make the best of it. And it's, hopefully they never have to do it again. So I think it's a, kind of a cool experience, assuming everything goes right. So hopefully it does. Mm-hmm. Whatever 30 for 30s ultimately made from this is going to be uh, a must watch. I saw Patrick Beverly too, just in one of his closets in his suite. He just had like 15 stacks of like the Hanes white t-shirts um, and like the packages. If anyone doesn't have enough, I guess he's trying, <laughs> he's, he's trying to make a quick buck there. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of ridiculous stuff that comes out of it, especially like say we get a finals of Lakers bucks. It goes chalk. Aren't they in the same hotel? They are, yes. Yeah, so like they're going to run into each other in the elevator. I don't know. It's all going to be pretty interesting. Um, but, Tyler, we were joined by Dan Rubin today. Uh, he's co-founder and CEO of Cleet Street. Um, they have a newsletter for daily sports betting picks, specifically around Major League Baseball. Dan has really interesting background. He uh, used to work in finance, basically for a couple years on the side, started making sports betting model uh, for Major League Baseball. Specifically, made some money, and him and his co-founder have done it full-time for a year now. So great interview there. So enjoy that. Check out their newsletter, especially with Major League Baseball coming back. It's a way to get free picks. They're putting out their picks in the newsletter, so might as well give it a shot. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they've simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and props to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on Full Slate, Dan Rubin, co-founder and CEO of Cleet Street. Dan, thanks for joining us today. How's your weekend going? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's been great. Um, Nice weather here in San Diego. Uh, I can't really complain. Great, great. Love to hear that. Um, Dan has a really interesting background, Dan, so I think we'll let you explain it to the listeners you were working in finance formerly, and now you've kind of made made the leap uh, full time into sports betting. So, where how how'd you do this? How, it's a, it's a major move. So go for it. Sure. So you know, sports analytics were always kind of one of my favorite things. Um, I was an econometrics um, undergraduate uh, major, and so I wrote my honors thesis on on predicting how. 
uh, college basketball players would translate into the NBA. Um, and so that was kind of like the start of it. Um, but, you know, like, you know, my, I graduated in 2011 and, and my dad told me to go get a job. So I uh, went and worked in finance. Um, I worked for a small uh, consulting firm um, in San Diego doing um, portfolio valuations for complex derivatives and private equity firms. So really just looking at like the nitty gritty of, you know, financial securities. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty boring after you, you do it for a while and it, like, it's not too fun to explain to people. Um, but it really uh, gave me a good background to when I, you know, decided to turn my focus into sports and um, analyze bets just like I would a financial position. So, um, yeah, so I started, you know, betting a little bit more last maybe five years, I started to kind of develop the, the initial kind of algorithms that I've, that I, that I use today. Um, but it really took a, took a big leap in 2018. I, uh, you know, went to grad school. I went and got my MBA at Columbia. So I moved out to New York, um, started working with the sports analytics program there. Uh, I was the TA for the sports analytics course and uh, started working really closely with um, professor Mark Brody, who's a, um, you know, once in a generation kind of golf analyst and um at that point started to expand what we you know what you know what my models look like and um and you know coming out of school last spring uh 2019 decided to you know kind of give it a full you know full-time effort into sports betting and um, developing some content along the way as well yeah, I think it, it sounds like a great lifestyle for a lot of people, but, you know, as you get into the nitty gritty of a lot of these games and you could go on kind of bad streaks, how often are you changing the model or are you kind of riding it out if you're going on a cold streak? Like what's kind of the mindset there? Because I think a lot of people would, you know, oh, I want to be a sports gambler, but after two bad weeks, they're they're quitting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It, it's tough, you know, the, the models themselves, you know, we kind of update everything in the off season, um, you know, in the middle of the season, I'm not, you know, doing a full remodel. I mean, you know, we're, we're updating information, um, you know, daily based on, you know, how games are being played out, but you know, it, it is tough. We have some bad, we have bad runs. We have good runs. I mean, la you know, last June we had a, we had a terrible run where we lost like, 19 of 20 games right it was it was pretty bad i think during that stretch i don't know we lost 30 40,000 something like that and uh it, you know it's it's a little bit of a gut check you know it, it, i have some friends and family kind of follow along and they're kind of you know at the same time they're saying are you serious you wanna is everything okay you guys doing this but you gotta have some faith in your analytics and if you've kind of properly vetted and tested it you just gotta you gotta understand volatility just write it out yeah, how much are you watching every game that you guys are betting on, right? So, like, in terms of your guys' daily process on the website, it says you bet about 10,000, or the plan is to bet about 10,000 a day on Major League Baseball. What percentage of those games are you watching and sweating versus, like you said, just let the model do the model? Um, I, I like watching it, so I watch a decent amount. Um, you know, my, my partner, Aaron, he he doesn't watch as much. He's like, eh. He, he's like, it's, it's totally unhealthy to watch that much baseball and, 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 and kind of get too into games. But I, I personally like to watch them. Um, and if not kind of check, the, check the games on the phone periodically if I'm out. Um, so I, you know, you, you can't watch every game when you got five games going on at a time, but 
um, I, I, I definitely like to follow along. It's, it's enjoyable to me. It's not a, it's not a huge, you know, you get some thrill, um, but it's just, it's something to root for. And that's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Aaron's got a stronger stomach than myself and Cody probably not watching the games mm -hmm. or being able to just check his phone and I guess see how it goes there. So I assume you were a big sports fan growing up. That's how you got into it. Are you still a fan of teams or have you kind of completely ridded yourself of that? And now you only bet numbers in the model, like, how do you look at that? Um, I, I I definitely am a fan, and I I guess the answer to that question is yeah, I, I definitely have my my teams. Um, I was born in Chicago, and I'm kind of a Chicago sports loyalist. I went to the 2016 World Series um, Game Five uh, in Wrigley when they kind of turned things around. It was probably the best you know best sporting event of my life. Uh, but at the same time, you, you bet what the models say, and um, you know, coincidentally enough, we bet a lot of, we bet against the Cubs a lot last year, uh, 2019. And it was one of our, one of our more or most profitable fades. I mean, I think after maybe the Red Sox, uh, you know, we made a lot of money betting against the Red Sox because they were, you know, did pretty poorly relative to expectations. I think the next most profitable team to bet against was the Cubs. And so, you know, you put your loyalties aside when it comes to money. So that's, how it goes well were people's reactions when you first told them you went to columbia you get to you get the mba and then you're like yeah i think i'm gonna do like sports betting full-time like that's gonna be my my thing what were people's reaction either pro cons did it like affect you at all it's, i mean you seem pretty relaxed still so i'm impressed i feel like yeah and nfl sunday if you find Mir tyler we're high strung so i can't imagine doing this every every day um you know, I think I think there are a lot of people who who kind of questioned when I left to go to back to school. They said, "Wow, you have a you know you have a great finance job. You know things were were going well." I was a, I was a, you know vice president at my old firm, um, and so I think people were kind of questioning me then more so than when I was coming out of out of school again. Um, I kind of told everyone I I want to go to school to kind of venture into something new. Um, I didn't know it was going to be sports at that time. Um, it wasn't really until passport was repealed that I kind of said, you know, oh, maybe I could actually do this thing. Um, so, you know, it was mixed. I think amongst my, my classmates, you know, they think it's awesome, right? They're like, you're living the life, man. You're, you know, I'm here, you know, investment banking in, in New York city, working 80 hours a week. And, you guys are just watching baseball games. So um, it's, it's a mixed reaction, but generally, generally pretty supportive, I'd say. Yeah, definitely different lifestyles there. So I wanted to ask you this. A big part of Cleach Street's website that I was going through is kind of informing people who might be new to sports betting or are sports bettors but don't understand bankroll management, other things like that. One thing I saw on your website and I wanted to ask you about, you said trends are not your friends. Um, so this kind of goes against everything I think Cody and I do and most <laughs> I, of our I friends. I noticed that. I had, that. I had that flagged. Yeah, I was like, please so, explain. So I, I read it in a more statistical kind of background and information. How do you convey this to a sports gambler who's not that statistical, you know, as you, you went to grad school? Like, how do you convey that to people that you really shouldn't be looking at? The Browns are seven and three against the spread. Their last ten on the road. That's obviously not true, but for example, like how do you, how do you convey that to just novice sports gamblers? Honestly, if 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 I had the answer, we would <laughs> um, 
you know, we'd probably be a lot more successful from a kind of brand perspective. Um, it's, it's hard, you know, like trends are easily easy to digest and, and they, you know, they make sense to a lot of people. Um, and I'm not saying like every trend, um, can't be predictive, but the reality is, is if you're looking for a trend, you could find one. And that's, I think that was kind of the message that I was trying to convey was that, you know, if someone's just spewing out a stat, um, it just, the law of kind of large numbers and statistics allow you to find whatever it is you're looking for. Um, so if you want to find a team that's won eight of their last 10 against the spread, it's not that hard to find. You just do a little digging, you find that stat. And statistics tell us that, um, you know, you, you dig far enough and long enough, you're going to find something. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's indicative of what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's something we are uh, reminded of all too frequently, like <laughs> on, both, on both sides of the coin. Um, I'm curious, so you said you're big, big Cubs fan, big baseball fan. Why, like, I guess, was it personal interest that drove you to build the model initially for baseball and have that be the focus? Um, and how adaptable is it to have a model for one sport and basically use it for others, or do you have to totally change it? Um, so uh, the, the first, the first thing I think is you know why baseball, and um, you know, there's a couple main reasons. Number one is um, if 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 I'm going to spend some time like digging into a model and start modeling something, you want to be able to generate significant returns on your time. And, you know, a typical baseball season has 2,400 games. And so, you know, versus a typical NFL season has 256 games. So you got like nine or nine to 10 X, you know, more betting opportunities in, in baseball as compared to the NFL. So it, it just seemed like I got a you know better return on my time. If I was going to spend time, you know, working on a model, if I find an edge, you know, in, in NFL, great. But if I find an edge in baseball, it's it's way sweeter because you can exploit that many times over. Mm -hmm. then, what was, yeah, go ahead, Cody. And so once you have the model for baseball, how much, how much do you have to change it to adapt it to a new sport? Like, is it totally different? You scrap it? It, it, it more or less is, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, still, there's some, like, underlying principles of, you know, you know statistics and, you know, various machine learning techniques that you might use across, you know, sports, but really it's a different, it's a completely different game, right? So every sport is different. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to kind of just take one model and assume you can do it all. Like mm -hmm. we, I, I know, you know, the NBA is coming up. Um, and to be honest, I, the NBA is a lot harder for me to, to model than, I mean, it's not hard to model. It's harder to find, um, edges for me personally when I analyze an NBA data um, partially because there's so many possessions in a game and the better team usually wins. Um, it's hard to get more granular than like a points per possession type analysis um, in the NBA versus, you know, baseball, you could say, well, you know, one team scored five runs, the other scored two, but you know, the team that scored two runs could have totally outperformed and just got unlucky, like stranding runners on third, for example. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't happen in NBA. In, in NBA. The team that plays better, better usually wins, you yeah. know. So it's, it makes it more difficult, in my opinion, to, to find something to profitably, you know, model. You mentioned PAPS, PAPS uh, repealed in 2018. 
Um, since then, we've seen a lot of media companies kind of emerge, this podcast uh, being one of them. What do you think is the biggest misconception that, you know, the media is putting out about sports gambling that they're not really informing people correctly on? Um, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if I would say they're, they're disingenuous and trying to, you know, give people bad data. I think the reality is like, like back to the trends, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to understand a, a trend, right? It's tangible. Um, it's, you know, it's people can understand that when in reality, sports betting is, is, is complicated. You know, it's not, it's not that easy, but when you're trying to, you know, take it to mass markets, um, it's really difficult. I mean, you know how many times I kind of put out, you know, more of an educational piece or, or a quantitative analysis and people, you know, we throw it on Reddit sometimes and some people are like, dude, like, we don't want to, we don't want to see all that statistic stuff. Just tell us who you think is going to win. So, yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's challenging. I don't think there's, you know, people are really disingenuous about the content they're providing, but uh, they're trying to, you know, hit a, hit a huge market and it's, it's tough. So. Mm -hmm. When you, I think, I think that is a big piece with the, like the sports betting media as it builds up. A lot of people are just looking for a pick, which makes it right. The mass. Um, so we'll see how that evolves over time. Um, I'm curious to hear from you. So the past few months during COVID basically since March 11. So we're going on four months since we've had any of the four major sports play. Um, have you guys gotten involved in any of these kind of uh, second tier and even lower level leagues, whether it's like Korean baseball, has the model worked for that? Have you gotten into those weeds at all? Um, I personally have not. I, 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 you know, we really haven't done any significant betting in like six months. Um, it's really been since the NFL ended, we haven't done, done much of anything. We, you know, we were prepping for the baseball season that just never came. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I could have taken a stab at it, but, um, to me, it's just, I don't know if I was just, just being lazy or, uh, or what, but I just figured, you know what, I, I just don't really feel like digging into Korean baseball or, or anything outside of my realm of expertise. I'll just, you know, spend this time to kind of fine tune, you know, what I know and um, hopefully come out better prepared on the other end of it all. Yeah. You don't want to get into ping pong. I think in Ukraine, they're, they're, they're offering that to bet on. There's just a cheating scandal in that one. Yeah. So did they just pull all, you know, pull all Ukrainian ping pong bets because it was, you know, match fixing or something. Yeah. Short lived. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting to hear but talking about the MLB we're a couple weeks away finally from that coming back hopefully what are your thoughts on the shortened season and maybe which teams have an advantage which teams are at a disadvantage uh the short season definitely introduces some 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 interesting interesting dilemmas and, and opportunities kind of at the same time uh you know the whole thing of I mean you've got you've only got 60 games, 40 of them are against divisional opponents. Every game is kind of crucial. Um, and then even outside of your division, you only play one inner, you know, one divisional matchup within your region. So you're only playing a total of nine teams um, the entire season. And, you know, 
let's say you're let's say you're the Cubs. You know, you're gonna play the you're gonna play the Cardinals ten times. It's one sixth of your games is against one team. So every game is crucial, um, and you, and you almost gotta look at it because there's really the league is breaking up to three three regions. It's almost like three different leagues. You know, I was running running some analysis, and you've only you know, you can, when you look at kind of how teams play against each other, you've only got so much data because, you know, you're, you're, the reality is you're not going to see the Cubs play the other, you know, 20 teams, right? So um, there's only so much data there. As far as which teams are set up to benefit, it, it's kind of hard to tell, honestly, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's it's going to come. It, there's obviously going to be more variants, so I wouldn't rule rule out those fringe contenders. You know, anyone could take a division. I was just running simulations on, you know, division winners, and um, it's you know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have a lot of chance to win the you know a significant chance to win the division. So you know, you're going to see some teams that you probably wouldn't expect to see make the playoffs. So that's just the reality of it. So it'll be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, did you see that it was going around on gambling Twitter a little bit? It was a, like a, I guess it was what, a 16 parlay of all the long shots from each division to win in baseball. It was a $1 bet to win like $4 trillion. Um, you think that one will pay out? Uh, <laughs> I did not see that. And, you know, we still got to keep, you know, things somewhat realistic. I mean, I, I think I got, you know, the Detroit Tigers is a 0.1% chance of winning their division. So, you know, as, as much volatility as there is, like. Not that much. It's not that much. Yeah. You know? yeah. Are there any early season kind of betting angles you guys are looking at as you um, try and, I don't know, like all this stuff is uncharted territory, right? Are there any like kind of qualitative pieces you're adding to the model to try and account for maybe maybe overs hitting more because the pitchers won't be in as much of a groove or maybe the other way because the batters won't be uh, curious to get your, your angle there. Well, I think home field advantage is something that, you know, we haven't talked about that's going to be a factor. I mean, <laughs> typically I think home field advantage accounts, you know, home teams win about 54% of the time. I could be mistaken, but I think that's around there. And um, the reality is you're, you're most likely not going to have any fans in any stadiums. Um, you've got, you've got a couple teams. I think the Rockies are trying to petition to have, you know, 10,000 fans at the games. But I think if I had to guess, I would say there's not going to be any fans in any stadiums. Um, and I, I would say that's going to, you know, decrease the home field advantage. I mean, you could kind of think of home field advantage in, in two ways. In baseball, there's some structure to the home field advantage where, the the home team gets to bat last and so from a strategic perspective it could it could help um but i think the other component is 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 not just fan noise and and you know who's you know who's sleeping in their own beds and stuff like that but it comes down to like umpire biases and stuff um you know an umpire is a person right and if he's got you know forty thousand fans yelling at him on a fringe call um you know, if he makes, if he, if he calls out a ball and it's, it's close, he's going to hear it from 40,000 people and that's going to affect him. Um, there's been some studies done um, in, in other sports on how, um, you know, home field advantage is largely tied to 
that you know, kind of behavioral bias, subconscious behavioral bias that you know officials have. And I think I think that's going to uh, kind of put a damper on uh, on home field advantage. I think I think so. Um, I wouldn't expect you know whether or not the markets catch up to that. It's hard to tell. But I would just expect, um, you know, away teams to perform relatively better than they usually do. That, that's a great point about the umpires. I haven't even thought about that. Like a guy like Joe West, who everyone knows, is that data that is there data you could pull on when he umpires games behind the plate compared to other umpires? How maybe their preferences are if it's a lower zone or they have a tighter strike zone? Is that something you take into account? Because you know the NBA, I guess you think about how officials call fouls, but I feel like over time that kind of evens out. I feel like baseball is probably the most unique sport in the fact the umpires a lot of control. Yeah, I, I think um, in in basketball, uh, you know, there's it's it's definitely an impact on like the number of fouls that they call. I think I've you know I've done some work there and quantified that. In baseball, the data is absolutely there, and you can dig into you know, what umpires call different strike zones, and um, I think it would have a bigger effect on over unders than it would just you know, the team, um, you know, team versus team, because a tighter strike zone is a tighter strike zone usually for both pitchers. So what you're trying to quantify is, you know, what, you know, do some, do some umpires, are, are some umpires affected more by, you know, the fans and some, some umpires affected less. Um, it's not something that I put too much weight into in my analysis, uh, but the, de- the data is definitely there. And, um, uh, yeah, and the one other thing I would add is that you know home field advantage has kind of declined with uh, with the introduction of replays, right? So over the last you know five ten years, you've had more and more replays. Home field advantage has gone down because you know that that you know bang bang call at first base. I think I forget who's the guy who had the perfect game. Uh, took him away from. Him. Oh, uh, on the Tigers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that today. That's a perfect game, right? We, we, we so. need a, we need a stat boy here. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on it. We'll find it. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's a good point too. How that that definitely negates things. Um, so have have you guys modeled out in terms of MLB? Do you guys lock in futures? Do you specifically uh, do daily daily games like what's kind of the breakdown of your normal approach to betting major league baseball overs first fives parlays so um t- so last year and and typically we would really just do full game money lines and we do some parlays when it seemed appropriate so um yeah full game money lines uh that's kind of what we focused on um and then you know the occasional parlay where you know, we, we don't do a ton of parlays, but we will parlay games where we think we have an edge on both legs. And it's also kind of at a particular sports book where we can get the best line um, kind of across the market at for, for those both games, right? We're not going to leave money on the table by taking a worse line um, just for the sake of parlaying things. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll do some money line parlays here and there. Uh, this season, you know, we typically don't do many futures, uh, just, you know, locks up money for, you know, six months a lot of the time. Um, this year, we've been playing with some MLB win totals. Uh, you know, those bets are going to be settled in like eight weeks or something, you know, eight, ten weeks. So it's not it's it's not holding your money up uh, just as, you know, as much as it usually is. And you know, the other thing was, you know, 
we're kind of getting bored and we can start betting on that stuff. And, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a short season, so it kind of helps us diversify some, some of the risk from not having as many games to bet um, otherwise. Cool. And Armando Galarraga, that's the Tigers pitcher. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who's a team you mentioned betting win total futures? Who's a team that's win total might be lower that you're bullish on that is going to hit the over? Yeah, Cleet Street lock this season. Cleet Street lock season. <laughs> um, you know, how about this? How would I give you a futures pick? You know, I, I've been starting to look at futures more. The over-unders, we've actually got like a, a wide basket of, of win totals. Um, and... You know, it just kind of depends. Sometimes we bet a line and it's no longer there. But I was digging into the futures and, you know, we recently simulated this, this season. And um, one team that looks kind of undervalued from a futures perspective is actually the defending World Series champs, the Nationals. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, they're defending World Series champs, um, yet they're like 16 to 1 to win the pennant right now on, on bet online and that's 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 like the same as the Padres right the Padres are 16 to 1 why are the you know why are the Nationals 16 to 1 um as well I think I think it's good value I think their division is kind of like a three-headed monster versus you know the Padres are are it's gonna be tough for them to win the division with, with the Dodgers there and you know you look at you look at a team like the Nationals and you know they're still returning two of the best pitchers in baseball um, they've actually got a, a really easy, fortunate schedule. They get to play Baltimore, you know, in their inter, in their inner interleague play, they get to play Baltimore six times, um, which is great. And you know, they lost, yeah, they lost Rendon in the off season, but um, you know, their the replacement, I think Carter Carter Kaboom, is uh, played really well at AAA last year, and you've got. You know, Soto, who was a stud as a 20-year-old, only getting better, and a couple other young guys. So um, it just seems like too much value there to pass up. So if, if I was looking at one bet that you can get right now, um, I'd say, you know, Nats, Nats to win the pennant is a pretty nice is a pretty nice bet. Yeah, that is a good one. And to win the World Series, looking at their odds, like you said, they're 16 to one for the pennant, 30 to one to win the World Series, and that's tied with the Padres and Brewers. There's a lot of disrespect. I mean, Rendon. I guess you can't underestimate how great he was for them. But I, I like what you're saying. I mean, that pitching staff is is the real deal. Um, we do want to talk about a little NBA as well with all the players arriving in Orlando. Uh, we're, start, we're starting to get some of the bubble content, which has been pretty good um, in terms of the meals and the hotel rooms. And essentially these guys are at sleepaway camp together for an undetermined period of time. So it should be should bring a lot of good content. Um, you mentioned we were talking before the podcast, you have some NBA futures. So I wanted to hear from you, some of the angles you like. Um, obviously, again, no fans, no home field advantage, the whole COVID thing that hangs over all this. Um, so want to get your thoughts on, on the restart and teams you like. Yeah, I, so I think, you know, the home field advantage thing is, is, is pretty important. Um, you have teams like... Uh, I mean, the Bucks had a great, great home, you know, home court. Uh, the Sixers had a great home court. Um, you have teams in the West that always have a great home court, like Utah and Denver, that just don't have it. So, to the extent that you know any of those teams are, are playing a series in which they're the, 
you know, they have home court advantage, that's kind of gone. Um, I know that there's some some rumblings about them trying to incorporate some sort of home field home court advantage. Did they like put some teams in a nicer hotel or something like that? Yeah, the top, the top teams, tiers, yeah, yeah, tiered hotels. I mean, come on, like, all right, like, I think that's a little bit, a little bit different than having all those people in Utah just screaming at you. Uh, and the pizza uh, in Utah too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, you don't want you don't watch out for those pizzas in Utah. As a Bulls fan, I know that real well. <laughs> um, as far as futures, so we have we have we have a futures bet that we got I don't know, a month or two ago on the Heat to win the East. Um, we got it on Bet Online. It was you know it was great odds at the time. It's been bet down since. We got it at like 18 to one, I think. And it's down to like eight to one. Um, so I don't really see any value there now. I think, you know, just generally, I think the Heat are a, a pretty solid contender. I think they, um, I think they're two and zero against the Bucks this year. I mean, kind of small sample size, but it at least proves that they could play with that team. Um, they also added some late pieces, which were pretty exciting. In my opinion, they added um, Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala in February. So, you know, at a minimum, those are two kind of veteran veteran guys that can knock down a three and can D up someone like, you know, Giannis. And it, it's kind of exciting to see that, you know, you look at a team like that and they could be putting Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Bam Adebayo, Bam Adebayo on the, all on the floor at the same time with, you know, maybe, a, maybe like a, maybe a shooter. They have, you know, they're, their top five three-point shooting team in, in the in the league, um, that that team could switch just about anything. You know? So you're trying to stop someone like Giannis in the in the in the East. I feel you know as comfortable as you can get with any either of those four guys on him. Um, so so they're kind of an exciting team that you know we'll be rooting for at least. Yeah, I think the Heat are a good team to point out. They were so bad on the road this year, 14 and 19. You take that away, they're all together. I think uh, they could maybe upset the Bucks or one of those other top teams in the East. You mentioned grabbing lines at different value. You know, during the MLB season, how early are you, I guess, getting up to scour lines across different games to make sure you're getting the best value? I know on your website you mentioned always try to get minus 105. Like, how, how like, much of you – how – much of you are, I guess, like looking across different sites and trying to get the best line. Yeah, we're, we're doing quite a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to get to the best line. I mean, those extra five, 10 cents, you know, they add up, you know, we bet um, 800, 900 baseball games last season. So, you know, if you get an extra five cents across 800 baseball games, it, it really does really does add up. I think those like extra five cents maybe, you know, saved us like, I don't know, 10, 20 grand. So it's significant money at, at that scale. Um, as far as timing the bets and, and, and that, um, you know, we don't really bet overnights too often. We will once in a while, but the limits are pretty low. There's a lot of information they don't know. Um, as far as, you know, if there's a scratch at the pitcher, I know you can do action or, or, or listed, um, but you know, we'll, we'll bet throughout the day. You know, we'd like to look at some stuff in the morning. Um, and then everything kind of gets hit towards an equilibrium, but then, you know, we'll, we'll wait on some games to the last minute. I think, especially with large underdogs, uh, you've got a lot of kind of 
public square, whatever you want to call it, money coming in on favorites in the last like hour uh, before the game. So if you if you if you're targeting a big underdog, I wouldn't be afraid to wait until right before game time because you might be able to get a there's a good chance you'll get a, a better price than you would if you bet you know two hours before the game. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point um, on the favorite piece. So the next like six months, if knock on wood, if the schedule holds um, with less baseball games, how are you guys going to go about, um, I guess, kind of making up for the total amount you're looking to bet, invest in in uh, these different sports? We're, well, we've been working on some, some college football stuff. Um, we haven't bet any of it yet, but we've been working on it, so – now, you know, who knows if there's going to be a college football season. Um, you know, that's that's kind of out of our control. But I think, you know, at, at a minimum, we'll have those kind of analytics built out. So whenever there is some college football, we'll be, you know, I'm confident we'll be, we'll be ready to do something there. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know other than that. I mean, it's, I, you know, I like to think, I'm not trying to think of everything. It's like a one-year plan. Like this is definitely longer than a one-year plan for us. So to the extent we only get 60 baseball games per team this year, 900 games, it kind of, it is what it is. Like this pandemic's not going to last forever. You know, I'm I'm fairly confident we're going to have a full or something close to a full season next year. Um, So it's just, you gotta, you gotta take, kind of just take that one on the chin and and you move on. Like I'm not going to, kind of start compromising the quality of our work just to, for the sake of, you know, kind of, you know, finding some Japanese or Korean baseball games when it's not our core competency. You're like, we just got to stick to what you're, you're good at and it, just accept the reality. So we'll be fine. That was, that was very wise and mature of you to talk yeah. about, not, not try to start, uh, tail spinning i guess looking for something to bet on late night yeah, we, we are doing some win totals for the first time we, we usually don't do win totals but um you know it's 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 baseball win totals right it's major league baseball win totals so we're pretty confident in our models so it's not it's not way out of our realm so we're, we're we're kind of expanding there a little bit and so we'll kind of do some of that stuff as we see fit no no sunday night football uh, hail marys out of you guys not not so much. I mean, we do we did we did bet a decent amount on the NFL last year. Um, we we did bet do bet some NFL, um, but yeah, like we're, we're we're fairly disciplined. I I think I'm you know I'm I'm more the disciplined one. You know, when it comes to like the parlays and everything, um, I'm I'm a little bit more conservative than than my partner Aaron is. Like Aaron, Aaron fires off these loves to fire off a good parlay, you know. And he hit some big ones, and um, it's exciting. It's like you kind of, you know, it's 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 fun. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, you hit the big one, and then you you never hear you never hear the end of it, but you also never hit another one, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hit a monster one, but then it's you're you're slowly kind of you're you know you're, you're grinding your yeah you're every 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 subsequent parlay just eating away at those returns. So. Yep. Uh, you know, cool. it is what it is. We, we changed up a bit, but like, he's definitely, you know, he's more the fun guy. I'm kind of the, the, the conservative, you know, f- finance geek that, that is kind of building the algorithms. So. Sounds like good balance. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Dan, this has been great. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Where can our listeners uh, subscribe to your guys' newsletter at Cleet Street? follow you on twitter i'll let you go ahead and give all your plugs especially as we ramp up for sports coming back 
Sure. Yeah. You check our, check out our website, um, cleat-street.com. Uh, you could subscribe to our newsletter there. We're also doing some fun stuff on, on Twitter. We gave away, you know, when sports went down, we decided, you know, we we're going to give away some money and some other prizes. So we gave away like close to $15,000 throughout various, um, Twitter trivia giveaways and to our newsletter subscribers. Um, so we're still doing stuff on Twitter. Um, if you want to check it, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, our profile is at cleat underscore street. And like we gave away a couple jerseys last week, this week we're giving or two, maybe that was Tuesday we gave away jerseys. We're giving away some spike ball sets. You know, people could have some fun during the summer. So we'll be giving away various stuff. Um, just trying to keep people engaged. It's been a tough time for a lot of people. And, um, you know, we had a, we had a great year last year. We consider ourselves, you know, fortunate and healthy and we just want to be able to give back a little bit. So, um, yeah, check out the website and newsletter. We'll be doing the website. The, the newsletter will be daily. Once baseball starts, we'll be giving away, um, you know, it's, it's a completely free newsletter. We're not trying to really make any money off of it. So, um, you know, we'll be documenting kind of our picks and stuff like that. And then on Twitter, um, you know, follow along if, if you like some, we'll be giving away some picks on there, but then also trivia and, and random giveaways. So just trying to keep things fun and give some, you know, people a distraction from kind of this crazy year that 2020 has been so far. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks guys. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Dan for coming on and joining the pod and make sure to check out Cleat Street, especially with MLB gearing up. Uh, that's what they have their model generated around. So Cody, this is two weeks in a row. We've had a lot of really smart statistics uh, people on. So hopefully they rub off on us. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, we spoke about it in the interview, but uh, when I, when I was looking at their website beforehand, the point you uh, noted about the trends piece that's that's a lot of our pick on pod so we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to go back to the well there um but i agree i mean even in prepping for the pick pod you kind of get to the point of what dan was picking up at you can make a trend for literally anything and a lot of them are garbage so I like to think that we sift through those um but yeah great interview with him and um yeah why not join the newsletter you get literally someone who's doing it for their livelihood you get to follow their picks yeah, he talked a lot about discipline, and you kind of just have to ride out the season. There's going to be, obviously, ups and downs. 60-game season might be a little different, but just throughout anything, I think you just have to kind of stick with it and kind of ride it out with him. But let's move on to our Double Shot at Love recap. This is the fifth episode of the season. Here's the tea. Um, a lot of tea was spilled this week, a lot of gossip, a lot of fighting. Um, what was your kind of thoughts on the episode? I, th- I thought it was, a- it was another home run. Another great episode. They keep rolling. Um, here's the T. T equals gossip, for those of you who don't know. Um, B-Lash is absolutely stirring the pot this week. Um, she kind of lets... She she, she she serves a pot with Brandon first um, about the pool party poppy bit. Let's him know uh, that uh, Darren called his girlfriend, which not cool. Um, and then she also stirs a pot a bit with Nikki, basically saying that Brandon was saying how Nikki's kind of uh, a damper on the apartment and and uh, and everyone. Um, so she kind of sets off both <laughs> both both fires. Um, 
I thought it was a great episode. We got a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, some crying, um, some hookups. So I feel like in terms of double shot, those are like the three main ones. So if you can get a bodyguard from MTV to appear that there's a fight, check. Someone crying, check. And then, yeah, some kind of hookup, check. Three for three. Yeah, definitely hit on all those. I thought B-Lashes, she said... You know, she was just spilling tea with Branding at work. <laughs> they were kind of giving each other gossip, which wasn't really how it happened. Maybe that's no. how MTV cut it, and they made B-Lashes look bad. I'm not sure. But she kind of just openly told him that Darren called Antonio's girlfriend, which, like you said, not a cool move. Um, she kind of just told him without like being instigated into doing that. And then after that kind of drama happens in the penthouse, I wouldn't say it's an apartment. It's a penthouse suite. Um, Good clarification. Yeah. Then she just reveals the thing about uh, what Brandon said about. (laughs) Just dropped something in my room. (laughs) What was that? um, My mouse for the computer. Not not that big of a deal. Yeah, she'll be okay for this segment. Then after that kind of calms down, she's just like, I shouldn't even say what Brandon said about Nikki. (laughs) And then and then everyone's like. Now you have to say it. And Darren is like, I love B-Lashes, but sometimes she does this. Especially with Nikki, who is the most unstable one there. It's pouring gas on, or fire gas. What, what, what's that expression? Uh, putting a match, adding, adding, fuel, adding fuel to the fire. I'm also combating elements in my apartment. I have two massive flies just flying around my, around my head. Um, but yeah, adding fuel to the fire, I believe, is is the saying. Um, but I, I think, um, so winners and losers, let's get to it. I let you choose uh, your winner first last week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back this week. Um, my winner, my winner from this episode... I'm I'm gonna go with a little bit of a dark horse winner I think, but Brandon I think Brandon uh, he kind of said to Antonio like Hey man like what you're doing you kind of have to what Darren did wasn't cool but you have to you like have to bring up with your girlfriend you have to do something like whatever it may be him and Marissa actually speaking words of wisdom to Antonio and Antonio actually pretty funny a one-on-one him being like is this couple really talking like giving me couple advice is that really what's happening here but I thought he showed uh, a more human side um, I'll say and I think he won himself over with some brownie points with the fans definitely he he came on to the show he was hot he uh, hooked up with Marissa, and then that whole situation boiled over the thing with Nikki. Um, and he's also a winner, too, because Nikki apologized to him. Yeah. Um, and Nikki's insane. So good on him. He came off good after the first four episodes where he's a little shaky. Now he has that soft side, kind of like the situation where, you know, he likes to instigate some drama, early situation, instigate some drama. But then, you know, he still has a soft side. So playing off that. Him getting Nikki to apologize to him is great. So I'm going to say my winner this week is Polly because we've seen Nikki, how crazy Nikki is. After she screams at Brandon and is just like in her rage in the suite all by herself, I mean, I've never seen that. She is crazy. So getting Nikki to kind of, I guess, her, her and Polly talking and her not being as mad as, at him anymore is great because. I don't know what she's capable of. I was expecting her to just like try to attack Polly at some point during the season. So he's my winner for the week that Nikki and him are cool. Now we saw what happened with Brandon. I'm sure 
an explosion like that was going to happen with Pauly at some point if they didn't talk. So I'm, I'm happy for Pauly that that's uh, resolved. Or even worse than her attacking him, maybe sh- her taking like a scissor while he's sleeping and ruining his blowout. I didn't, I didn't, I could have seen that happening too. Oh my God forbid. Can you imagine Pauly D with a different haircut? Just like a chunk in the middle, just like <laughs> cut short. Like her, her just standing in the suite, like in her rage, it was insane. Like she just hits a level that few people can. Yeah. I, hopefully it gets better. Um, because they're currently allocating like five to seven minutes an episode to that storyline, and it's just, it kind of is what it is at this point. Like, they're, it seems like they're not going to rekindle anything this season. It's a lot of negative energy. I don't know. It's not, it's not what we need right now on this undouble shot season two. Um, my loser. Uh, are we doing snake draft or is it? Am I going first? Do what you want, kid. Okay, thank you, Tyler. My loser, I think it's a pretty obvious choice for this episode. Um, pains me to do this. I got you a cameo from her for your birthday, but it's got to be Darren. Calling Antonio's girlfriend, he's definitely not handling the situation well at all. But I think it would be totally fine to be confrontational with him. She takes it too far and calls her and basically is like, yeah, you should come visit um which it's like just just kind of a crazy move um she also kind of has the meltdown at the end of the episode after her and the stripper run into some issues in the bedroom so all all in all a uh, a tough episode for darren um she'll be back i think she's i mean she's had a couple speed bumps early in the season um between jumping in the pool getting kicked out of dre's picks, pissing off dustin it's her it's her dream to work in vegas um, so we'll see. I think she'll recover, but it's been a rocky start uh, for Darren the beginning of the season. It definitely was a tough episode. Her calling Antonio's girlfriend is a wild move. I don't know how she thought that would be okay and not all, get back all, to Antonio. All the girls were like, "What do you do?" Like everyone there was like, "This is not. This is not good." <laughs> and it's and it's why we didn't mention her as a winner. But she's just a winner of the season. Susie. She just stays out of the drama. She's just there. She's the she, best. She just like loves giving great quotes about sparkling and shining and looking your best. She's she's been great. So she's a winner of the season. She stays out of all of this. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The scene at the end, I mean, tough. I thought pretty Ricky the stripper. He kind of catches an L too. That's tough for that to happen on national TV. Um, so tough scene for all of them. My loser is Antonio, uh, just because. In his fit of rage, he throws, but he thinks he throws. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is a great point. After he fights with Darren about calling his girlfriend, he goes into their room, throws bedding stuff into the hallway, thinking it's hers, only to find out that it's Nikki's. And again, all coming back to Nikki's insane. Nikki could have just snapped at him and killed him right there. So he's like, oh crap, that's Nikki's? He's like, I'll put it back. So he has to put all her stuff back. And they show Nikki, who's just, like, despondent about Polly still. She's just, like, waiting. It's moments before she gets set off about Brandon. But Antonio's my loser because of that and also the fact that Brandon, who we talked about, who has been kind of an F-boy the first couple episodes, was the one who had to talk sense into him and reason that he's being shady with his girlfriend. Uh, Not a great look for him. So he's, he's my loser of the episode. 
Yeah, that's a great point about him throwing the betting. That was one of my favorite moments of this episode. He was just so angry, going to prove Darren wrong, and then Maria just comes out in the hallway. It was like, what are you doing? That's Nikki's. Like, how do you not know whose bet is whose at that point? It feels like they've been there for at least a week, right? Yeah, I don't know. And a week and a half. It, I, I just keep thinking about Nikki just sitting on the couch, <laughs> not even reacting to it. She's just like staring into the, yeah, the light, inside, like, waiting to just kill Polly. So that could have really backfired on him. Uh, but yeah, it was just it's a funny scene. And yeah, the show just keeps getting better week by week. I think next week we're finally getting a little Susie and uh, boy Nikki uh, romance. So I'm excited. Yeah, next week looks good. And also. You, you missed the big point. Michael is coming. The situation and Lawrence uh, are coming to, to Vegas to visit the roomies. Um, so, yeah, big things ahead. Uh, we have an exciting guest coming uh, for all, all Double Shot listeners. So stay tuned for that, which... Uh-huh.